This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode of Hey YA is sponsored by Libro FM. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick up more than 125,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers across the country. With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from the people who know audiobooks best, your local booksellers. Listeners of BookRite can get three get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one month. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter code BR3. As a bonus, if you sign up now and get... As a bonus, sign up now and get five free audiobooks delivered to you on Bookstore Day, a one-day national party that takes place at bookstores across the country on Saturday, April 27th. With each listen, you can take pride in knowing you're supporting local bookstores. Welcome to Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, from new stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by me, Kelly Jensen, alongside Eric Smith. We're recording on Thursday, April 11th, 2019 from our night caves. Alright, hello. How are you doing? Good, I apologize in advance because uh, I know you're trying to read that ad we just had and, and Augie is sitting here shaking his head all around. Uh, causing some trouble. I don't realize. Well, I've got currently, I got a kitten chasing a rabbit, so okay. there's noise on this end too. <laughs> All right. So just a, just a heads up listeners. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, things are good. No, just a little busy, you know, the, the, some, some fun things going on in the, in the literary agent life that are, uh, taking me away from, uh, as much reading as I would like in the, I guess, for fun reading life. I don't know. I, I feel like the stuff that I read, is for fun anyway, you know, it's always mm-hmm. enjoyable, but you know, it takes, takes me away from the, uh, the arcs that are popping up, such as destroy all monsters that just showed up in the mail. Mm-hmm. It's uh Sam J. Miller's next book. I know you really like the art of starving, which, uh, yeah. didn't he win the Andre Norton for that? I think he did. Yeah. Then, uh, and yeah, then his adult book, uh, Black for City, was just absolutely amazing. So it's a, it's another like genre bend esque book. Uh, I'm just gonna read the back of it here. It says, uh, Solomon and Ash both experienced a traumatic event when they were twelve. Ash lost all memory of that event when she fell from Solomon's treehouse. Since then, Solomon has retreated further and further into a world that he seems to have created in his own mind, one that insulates him from reality but crawls with foes and monsters in both animal and human form. As he slips further into the place he calls Darkseid, Ash realizes her only chance to free her best friend from his pain is to recall exactly what happened that day in his backyard and face the truth 
together. And yes, I cannot read to read this. I just started, uh, I just started getting into the first chapter and, uh, man, I just love his voice so much. I'm so, I'm so happy you, you basically forced me to read <laughs> the art of starving. Um, cause yeah, he's, he's something great. <laughs> What about you? What are you up to? What are you, what are you reading? What's going on? I was going to say, sometimes I know your taste pretty well, so I'm glad you're reading no, that. That's and, true. and that one showed up at my door, and I'm pretty excited about it, too. Um, yeah, it's so spot on. When does it come out? It comes out in uh, July. July. Yeah. yeah. Um, so right now I'm reading There's Something About Sweetie oh, by Cynthia Menon, which is like hitting all of the buttons I want to have hit right now. You know, like it's fun. It's a rom-com. So like it's super enjoyable and I'm loving it. Um, and then last week I finished two great books. Uh, we Are the Perfect Girl by Ariel Kaplan, which might be one of my 2019 favorites so far. And I'm going to talk a little bit about a little bit more about that one in other places on Book Riot, but it's, uh, it's a Serrano de Borgiac retelling um, and features two girls, one of whom is the quote unquote ugly duckling, but she's very loud and outspoken. And um, her best friend is this beautiful girl, but who's really quiet and shy and a whole bunch of, um, I guess the way to put it is like, it's a comedy of errors. So then the um, louder friend pretends to be the quieter friend to hook this boy in and you know chaos ensues as you would imagine and um it's just it's really funny but also gets into some really powerful stuff about mental health and about um being true to yourself and friendship it's great um and then i also finished with the fire on high by elizabeth acevedo which i'm going to talk about a little bit more later in the show but uh anybody who's wondering like how her sophomore novel could compare to her debut which basically won every award the answer is it does it's great that is awesome and isn't ariel kaplan she's like a she's like an australian actress isn't she no she lives no, in Virginia. Is that someone else? Yeah. Oh, well that is definitely not the person <laughs> i saw when i googled the book <laughs> i'm sure that she would appreciate that i i did a panel with her um at an event and um, oh, so you definitely know yeah so, like I know a little bit about her background from from that series of panels, but um, yeah, I don't think she's an Australian act- actress unless like she's living this double secret life, which would you know be a story into itself. I think. <laughs> should we uh, should we just slide right into our first sponsor and then hit our yeah. hit our topics? Today we've got a fun show. I think. Um, I think so. So our first sponsor is Never Contented Things by Sarah Porter from Tortine. If you like dark fantasies, you'll love Never Contented Things by Sarah Porter. A prince and his fairy courtiers are beautiful, unrelentingly cruel, and exhausted by the tedium of the centuries until they meet foster siblings Josh and Kesnia. Drawn in by their emotions, their love for one another, and their passion for life, Prince will stop at nothing to possess them. First seduced and then entrapped by the fairies, Josh and Kesnia learn that the fairies' otherworldly gifts come at a terrible price, and they must risk it all. Must risk everything for freedom. Check out Never Contented Things by Sarah Porter. Available now. You can visit torteen.com for other great reads as well. 
uh, Never Contented Things is great for fans of Lainey Taylor and Sarah J. Moss. And Danielle Page, New York Times bestselling author of Dorothy Must Die, says Sarah Porter's Never Contented Things creates a creepy new world like none I've ever seen before. It's eerie, edgy, and filled with mystery. Porter takes us to depths of the magical and the psychological. Thanks to Never Contented Things by Sarah Porter from Tour Team for supporting the show. That sounds awesome. You know, tour, man, tour team's doing really interesting stuff. One day we have to do like episodes on like specific publishers. Uh, Cause like, I feel like you, you get these like really intense, like, you know, dark fantasy sort of books that you're kind of like, yeah, okay. I expect that from like tour, but then we're getting these like mm-hmm. pretty heavy hitting YA contemporaries here and there too. It's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, it is. I like that they've sort of um, expanded. They've, They've always done a little of everything, but it's mm-hmm. become more obvious, I think, in the last few years that they they really do do, you know, a whole wide range of, of fiction. Yeah. So our first topic is a fun one that was inspired by Twitter. Um, if you haven't spent any time on Twitter the last couple of weeks, there was a really cool hashtag that went up, and the hashtag was why it goes to prom, and Basically, anybody who wanted to share their uh, stories and their pictures from their prom experiences did so. And um, it was really, it was fun. Um, And so I said to Eric, we should talk about our prom stories, our, you know, hashtag why it goes to prom. We should share some of the fun tweets that we found and then also talk about prom as we see it in YA. Yeah, no, that sounds really great. I loved reading that hashtag, yeah. especially seeing all the uh, all the pictures and you know seeing who was a little more punk rock when mm-hmm. they were younger, or uh, who was looking very eighties. It was uh, it was really delightful. And I feel like it happens. I feel like it happens almost every year. Like there's always some sort of YA prom, yeah. uh, sort of hashtag. But this one was uh, <laughs> particularly great. Yeah, it really <laughs> took off. But um, I was laughing. I was going through them again today to pull some ones that I um, that I liked and. I was laughing because some of them were like, I can't believe this was five years ago. It felt like yesterday. And me feeling like an old going, five years was five years ago was yesterday. Like kids, oh. you know? And then there were a couple that it's like, I haven't had my prom yet, but this is my dress. And I'm like, oh man, talk about feeling old, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I definitely uh felt my age a little bit there because I was like, oh well, my prom was Oh God, it's going to almost be like 20 years ago. Mm. Oh my goodness. Well, all right. That's our show. (laughs) We died. We're old. (laughs) So tell me, like, let's share our stories just to sort of give uh, listeners that like, here's kind of what people talked about vibe. Yeah. So my school had, oh boy, we had like junior prom and we had senior prom and I had, I had friends that went to other schools. So I got to go to like some different proms here and there, but like my senior prom story, uh, my, my, my favorite story from my prom was the, uh, I don't know, my, my, we, we, all, all, a bunch of my friends and like their friends of friends, you know, some of them had money and they were going in nice cars and renting limos and doing all that, you know, sort of typical prom stuff that is kind of expected. Uh, but I did not have money. I was not one of those kids that could do that sort of thing. Um, so with my little my little crew that was going to prom together, uh, my pal Danny shows up and he says, hey, you know, my dad says he knows a guy that could potentially uh, get us a limo. I'm not quite sure what he's going to show up with, but he says he knows somebody, this and this and this. I'm like, all right, cool. Your, your, your dad knows a guy. 
Uh, great. So day of prom shows up. Uh, I get a call from him. He says, oh, we got a limo. It's going to be great. You know, be at your house soon. Uh, and I'm waiting in front of my house with my date. And my mom is taking pictures. And people are crying. And I'm wearing my tuxedo that I bought at the uh, thrift store for $20. That was it actually really fit really well. I was, I was very lucky. Uh, limo pulls up. Start to walk over to limo, and you know the limo driver, you know, gets out of limo to open the door, and it's supposed to be all fancy. Uh, and the limo driver that gets out is my buddy Danny's dad, and he is wearing like a stained like football sweatshirt and like sweatpants and like these sneakers. Uh, and as we're walking to it, he's like, "It's me! I'm the guy! I'm the guy that I do." So it turns out that like Danny's uncle had like a, a limo rental business uh, and went was able to uh, sneak the car out to uh, Danny's father to come pick us up. And I just remember my parents being very flustered. And I was like, why are you flustered? You didn't pay for any of this. And <laughs> we have a free limo for my friend's father. Uh, and it's just like one of my favorite memories of prom is just the, him showing up out of that, <laughs> out of that car. It's me. I'm the guy. Uh, and then prom itself was fairly unmemorable, except for, my prom date getting back together with her uh, her ex-boyfriend while we were on our just that was I guess that was a memorable oh, yeah. uh very very typically I don't know, I feel like I had a very YA prom in, in that sense where I got the prom with a girl I had a crush on and she's like, Oh surprise, <laughs> I'm gonna get back with my my ex uh, and you'll discover it when you come back to the table and we're making it. So that was, that was okay. <laughs> I, I choose to focus on the little driver story. <laughs> Oh, man. So my story is um, like the long and short of it is that my high school, when I was going there, was um, we had two campuses. One was for freshmen and sophomores. One was for juniors and seniors. My sophomore year, they split the campuses so that four years went to one school, freshman through senior, and then four years went to another school. So my particular school, the campus I was in, when that change happened, the junior class, which was the class I was in, was essentially upperclassmen for three years. We were upperclassmen sophomore year, upperclassmen junior year, and upperclassmen senior year. So um, they decided that since we were having our first prom junior year, it should be this big shebang. Uh, I didn't go because I was like, it's junior prom. Who cares? Um, so senior year, they're going to do even bigger than they did junior year. Now, junior year, they went to, um, I lived like 40 minutes south of Chicago, and they decided that they're having it on a boat from Navy Pier. Which I heard stories that you can't have your nice shoes on the boat. So like everybody was without shoes, which turned into a whole thing. So my senior year, they decided that they were going to have it at the Adler Planetarium. They like rented part of the planetarium to have the prom in. And I remember thinking to myself, <laughs> like I, I very much am the same person I was in high school. I remember thinking to myself, it costs $200 for tickets to go. It's going to cost $100 for a dress. It's going to cost I don't know how much to get to and from the Adler Planetarium. This is too much money. <laughs> and so so I was talking with my best dude friend, and he's like, yeah, that's too much money. Um, do you want to go to a White Sox game instead? My dad will drive. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. So the night that everybody had uh, prom – in the city, I went with my friend to a free White Sox game, which was great. And then uh, since it was a Saturday night, they had fireworks and it was, it was really nice. Um, but I remember very, very 
vividly that um, I was working as a library page at the time and I was in the back room and I remember all of the older librarians were like, oh, what are your prom plans? Like, they're really excited to hear um, about all of us who worked there, like what we were doing. And I said, oh, I'm not going, you know, I'm going with my friend to a baseball game. And they're like, oh, you're going to regret that. You're going to be so sad that you didn't go to prom. And I'm just here to say half a lifetime later, I still don't regret it. And my story is still great. Uh, so you know, <laughs> goes to show like, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be the highlight of, of your life at all. It doesn't have to be a part of your life yeah. at all. And that's fine. Like it'll turn out fine, you know? Um, but, but I think part of what makes it so appealing and, and part of the reason we wanted to talk about it is that like, when you're at that age, sometimes it does feel like it's the whole world. It does. It feels like, and it's one of the things I, I sort of was thinking about when it came to looking up YA prom books is that like, oh, that's Augie again, <laughs> uh, is that they're just like, there haven't been that many like yeah. in recent years as opposed to uh, a while back. And like, mm-hmm. I know that in like my agent life, I hear it a lot where it's like, oh, you know, the stakes aren't high enough. Oh, this book is maybe a little too quiet. And like, I wonder if these days people think, prom sticks are too quiet uh because i don't think they are you know like i remember it being like a very intense yeah uh you know panicked event like oh god what's gonna happen at the the after party right. prom? you know for for me and my friends we went paintballing that was our our after prom adventure uh but it was still like a stressful situation like how am i gonna convince my yeah. parents to go uh, is there going to be drinking? Do I have to lie to people? What am I going to do? And of course, all that stuff happened. Right, yes, right. <laughs> lots of time lying. Um, and like, I feel like that's those are huge. They are, and you sticks. know, as um, you were saying that, it made me think that maybe part of the reason that people don't feel the stakes are high enough is because it's very, very teen. Like, there's not a whole lot of crossover appeal there. Like, the prom and all the stakes involved with the prom. Like, adults don't care in the same way that like a 15 year old would. Yeah. And, you know, so, so I wonder if, if there's some disconnect with like memory of prom versus literally being in that moment and it being everything, you know, um, like how great would a story be about the student council, whoever puts together the prom, like suddenly at the last minute discovering that, you know, they don't have the venue anymore. Like, what are they going to do? Like, there's so many opportunities I think where the stakes can be super high, um, and, and yeah, I just, I want more stories like that. And as we'll talk about when we get into some of the books, like we definitely need more queer prom stories and more prom stories with, uh, teens of color. Cause there, since there have been so few in the last few years, like that's definitely a gaping hole that became obvious as I was looking up titles. Yes. No, I agree. Um, yeah, I want, uh, yeah, I don't care about the crossover potential editor friends, you know, keep sakes, right, uh, like. The kids like that stuff, you know? One thing I did did learn reading through the hashtag, and I'd love to know more about, is that, like, prom is a very American thing. In Canada, they don't have prom. They have something similar, but not, like, prom. And then in Australia, they don't have prom at all. Wow, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is all stuff I didn't know. It would be really interesting to have a book that's, like, you know, a teen who comes from the U.S. and goes to Australia or goes from Australia to the U.S. and, like, suddenly how different the, you know. Yeah, maybe it's that uh, Australian actress that is not the YA author. (laughs) Ariel, do you hear us? There we go. (laughs) Should we, uh, do we want to share some of the, the good tweets that showed up? 
Oh, yes. That sounds okay. good. Okay. Um, I can start. And this one was Samira Ahmed. We'll link all of these in the show notes. You can look them up. Uh, she says, okay, fine. Why goes to prom people? You made me do it. Here's the prom photo only John Hughes would love. Was this a homemade dress with 1,000 plus black beads sewn into the lace? Why, yes, it was. And it is a heck of a dress. <laughs> I like the next one that you have here from uh, Jay Anderson Coates. Uh, she says, I kind of wish I'd gone to prom so I could be part of hashtag why he goes to prom. <laughs> Instead, I stayed home and read. No joke. My dad took this picture and made fun of me for not going. Whatever. My book and I had a great evening. Uh, and there's a picture of her looking just not pleased at all that there's a photo being taken of her. Oh, I saw that one. And I was like, that was so relatable. <laughs> Uh, the next one I pulled up was from Brooding YA Hero, which is a great parody account if um, y'all aren't following it. And they say, I arrived fashionably late to YA Goes to Prom, but that's to be expected. Don't worry, I'm here now. I can't wait to slow dance with you in a far too professionally decorated gazebo while the soundtrack plays a thematically fitting and hit single pop song. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Oh, then you have Karen McManus here uh, says, that's right. Frosted lipstick, a bridal sized bouquet, gloves, and a shiny, shiny dress working it. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, she, that, that is what she's wearing. And she has that uh, big old bouquet. <laughs> in her uh, Aaron Hahn, who is the author of the new You'd Be Mine, says, I distinctly recall that I went for the Anastasia look of Navy with white gloves, and my high school boyfriend was on the water polo team, so he took photos with me and then left on his team bus for a game, which he lost, and turned back up at prom at 1 a.m. just in time to go home. I love that story. Oh, I like Adam Silvera's, and I saw a couple authors uh, talk about like the like why they couldn't go and, and sort of like the, you know, harder aspects of that. And he said, uh, seeing tons of lovely why goes to prom picks. I didn't get to go because we were $10,000 in debt from tuition. But to be honest, I don't know how much fun I would have been as a poor closeted teen. Uh, if you choose not to go, that's okay. Uh, if you can't go, but want to create joy elsewhere. Yeah. I love that one. Uh, it was a nice reminder of, you know, prom is a very specific thing and can be very isolating for so many people for so many reasons uh the last one i pulled up is from arvin amati and this one just just cracked me up so much um probably the most on-brand thing i've ever done in my life was writing a whole article in the school newspaper just to ask my best friend to prom and he showed the picture (laughs) of the column and at the at the very bottom there's a picture of him with a bouquet so amelia will you go to prom with me (laughs) Like nothing about that is surprising at all. I love it. I love it. That is such a like that is a plot in a YA book, you know? It is. And we're totally gonna talk about that in a minute because uh <laughs> you know, why don't I just leap in really yeah, quick go with one for of it. these? Because the promposal is a thing yep. where you, you know, sort of do something over the top uh and unbelievable for somebody to ask them a prom. Um and you know, I'm I'm a little salty that there aren't more promposal books out out there. Like, I feel like that should be like a thing that I don't know. There should be more. Um, there's one that's sort of on my TBR, um, mostly because I can't believe there haven't been more. And it's called Promposal <laughs> by Rhonda Helms. Um, and maybe the reason we don't have more is because 
Ronda Helms just took the title, you know, like that's it. Like this could be the only one because uh, it has promposal in the title there. Um, but the, the description from the book page is uh, Camilla can't help hoping her secret crush Benjamin might randomly surprise her out of the blue with a promposal. However, when she's asked to prom by an irritating casual acquaintance wearing a fancy tux and standing next to a news crew, she's forced to say yes. Yet not all hope, all hope is lost. A timely school project gives Camilla a chance to get closer to Benjamin. It seems like chemistry between them is crackling. But is she reading into something that isn't there? Mm. Uh, the road to the perfect promposal isn't easy to navigate. Uh, but one thing's for certain, prom season is going to be memorable. So it shifts POV from different characters. Um, there's another character, Joshua. Uh, Joshua Camille's bestie has been secretly in love with his gay best friend Ethan since middle school. Uh, so yeah, it's a nice little ensemble shifting POV uh, cast. Um, and I need to read this one because I want to read more books like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, my first pick is one that I just read. I said I would, I, I foreshadowed this when we had our little chit chat time, um, with the fire on high. So this is a, this is a very small part in the story, but it super resonated with me because Amani, the main character consciously decides not to go to prom because it's pricey and fussy. And all I could think was, yes, like that was my, my thinking on it too. Um, and, and I think the, for many and and fairly so like the prom is a big to do and it's an important thing but for some kids it's really not um and so it was nice to see a character who consciously chooses not to go and instead just like have a good night at home uh so i i appreciate that it's a little little part but like super uh stuck out to me and that is with the fire on high by elizabeth acevedo yeah um so one thing i want to bring up is uh prom nights from hell Mm -hmm. so this is an anthology uh, on proms edited by Meg Cabot with Kim Harrison, Lauren Miracle, Michelle Jaffet, uh, and Stephanie Meyer in it from like 2007. Uh, and I have like a couple of thoughts on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, like one, like I know you, you have to remember these from hell YA anthologies, mm-hmm. right? Kelly? Like, yes. Yep. Yeah, like Harper did a couple of these from like 2006 to 2010 and they were edited by uh, Melissa Marr, Kristen Cass, Libba Bray, all tackling like a different thing from hell. Yep. yep. Uh, like, Kisses from hell, love from hell, et cetera. Um, and I kind of miss the idea of anthologies like these where like the stories are kind of like mini, I don't know, like mini novellas. Cause each anthology only had like six authors yeah. in them. Um, like I know the anthologies weren't super long anyway. They're like 250 pages, but like that's, those are still long stories. Um, so I don't know. I, I can't, I, 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 I'm thinking about them a lot now. Uh, cause that really interests me. And like two, can you imagine Stephanie Meyer still doing an anthology? <laughs> like that's, I think that's amazing that she's in this one. Um, and I had the funniest thought when I was reading it because originally when I was I was looking at it, I was like, Prom Nights from Hell, edited by Megan Abbott? Oh my God. I wonder and then I realized it was not, it was Megan Cabot. Um, <laughs> but like I was thinking about that. I was like, oh my god, if Megan Abbott edited an anthology on YA dance, like everyone dies at that dance. Everybody I would I would be there for the it. Dance. I would still be there for it. <laughs> um and also, you know, if you want more anthologies on uh on proms, look at 21 Proms, edited by David Levithan. That one also came out in 2007. I guess it was like a thing in the air to do prom anthologies that year. Um and it's just like packed full of huge names. This one's, you know, more typical anthology where it's like 21 stories and like John Green and Daniel Earhart and um, oh goodness, who else is in there? Little Bright. There's just, everybody is in it. It's like a book full of huge names uh, and it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun. And that's a uh, prom lights from hell and 21 proms. 
My next one is The Anti-Prom by Abby McDonald. And uh, this one I read years and years ago, like when it came out. It came out many, many moons ago. Um, And it's best, I guess, called a dramedy because it's full of drama and comedy. Uh, It's one that I I will say there are a couple parts that made me cringy. Like there's a... um, the overall story is about a group of teen girls who had never hung out in high school coming together on prom night to right all of the wrongs that have happened to them. So it turns into this whole, you know, they're going to they're going to cause a little chaos. Um, but there's one part where the one girl decides she's going to get revenge on the girl her boyfriend is cheating with, which makes her a little cringy because it's not her fault. It's the boyfriend's fault. But, uh, you know, on the whole, it's one of those stories that. It's fun and frothy and fast-paced and, like, the opposite of, you know, the romantic prom story. And that is The Anti-Prom by Abby McDonald. Nice. Uh, let's see. My next one uh, is one I haven't read yet. It's uh, The best, the Last Best Story by Maggie Lerman. Um, so this one came out last year and has been in my TV red pile for a bit because I really love The Cost of All Things. Um, and I haven't read it yet, so I'm just going to read the description. Uh, Rose Rignero was a star reporter for her high school paper, destined for a career in journalism, when she abruptly quit two months ago, leaving behind her very neatly sort of boyfriend and editor-in-chief, uh, Grant. Now she's trying to be normal at her senior prom with a new boy and new interests and isn't looking back. Uh, Grant was totally blindsided when Rose walked away from the Gazette. After all, they dedicated their lives to it for the past four years and even planned on majoring in journalism together at Northwestern, which is why Grant is determined to entice Rose back. But whether it's really to the paper or to him, he isn't entirely sure. When an alarm is set off at the prom and the school goes on lockdown, Grant discovers someone is loose in the building with a gun. But Rose, caught outside of the gym, knows differently. Will her instincts for a good story win out against her resolve to leave Grant and the paper behind? Ah, yeah. This one sounds super complicated. And I I loved like reading the description of this because I was like, oh, this sounds like an Amy Spaulding book <laughs> with the, you know, when they're, uh, you know, the, the, in what's it called? The, uh, the new guy, yeah. you know, when it's all cute and like, there's the, uh, YouTube channel versus the print thing. And then you got to like the, the lockdown of the gun. I was like, oh no, this is not Amy Spaulding <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah, that is the last best story by Maggie Lerm. And, uh, yeah, I, I really did read this one because her, her first book was so good and, I love all the books she edits because she's a, an editor at uh, uh, Amulet. My next one is one I haven't read, but uh, the description pretty much explains why I would want to read it and why I plan on reading it. Uh, it's called The Prom Goer's Interstellar Excursion by Chris McCoy. <laughs> uh, it's about a boy who scores his dream date for prom only to see her abducted by aliens minutes after he popped the question. She said yes. So he does what any dateless teen boy would do at a prom and he hitches a ride with extraterrestrial musicians in order to get his prom date back. Uh, it's space and aliens and prom and hilarity. So I, I need to pick this one up. Um, uh, I love yeah, that. it's called the prom, <laughs> the prom goers interstellar excursion by Chris McCoy. So funny. And like, I feel like you don't see a lot of like w- funny YA alien mm-hmm. books, you know, like it's all very serious and like it, Rick Yancey about it. And like, I, I want to read, <laughs> I want to read funny ones. <laughs> um, so my next one uh, is uh, Dean Locke went to prom by Brian Catcher. Um, so this is one of the few proposal examples I can think of other than the Helms book um, that I actually got to read. 
Uh, and this one reminded me a lot of Hashtag Famous by Jilly Gadden, which I absolutely loved. Um, it's about a teen boy who can't get a date uh, and decides to bring his grandmom to prom. And it's going to be all sweet. Uh, and then a video of him dancing with his grandmom at prom goes massively viral. Um, and it's like this sad, sweet book and a pretty underrated gem uh, that came out a few years ago. Um, where he kind of has to decide between, you know, is he, is he sticking by his grandmom? Uh, there's some interesting sort of, um, I think, I, I forget, I think his grandmom has, it's, I think it's dementia or grandmom, grandmom has dementia um, during all of this. Or is he going to go after the girl, uh, you know, story about family and relationships and uh, yeah, so charming. And that's uh, Deacon Locke went to prom by Brian Catcher. I am going to talk quickly about um, one that's not out yet, but uh, caught my attention and one that uh, I'm surprised it took somebody else reminding me about this one to to like jog the memory that it's a prom. It's a prom that I guess um, leads off the rest of the story. I'll start with that one. And that's The Way You Make Me Feel by Maureen Go- Goo. Um, one of the earliest scenes in the book is what causes the whole book story to go into motion. And it's where uh, Clara... The, the premise of the story is Claire is kind of a prankster, kind of um, likes pushing boundaries. She's spent to uh, she's forced to spend the summer working with her worst enemy named Rose uh, in her father's food truck. Like this is what they have to do all summer. And uh, the punishment is doled out because of a prank that goes wrong at prom. Um, I can't and say much more, but it's the prom plays a big role. And that's exactly why the whole story is able to take place. That's the way you make me feel by Maureen Goo. And then the one that I was going to tease that comes out in 2020 is called The Night of Your Life by Lydia Sharp. And it was pitched as, wait for it, Groundhog Day meets prom, which you know is 100% catnip for me. Any oh, any yes. Groundhog Day pitch uh, is going to be a great one. And I've seen that showing up in YA a few times and I'm living for it. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, the Night of Your Life by Lydia Sharp. Yeah, quick one. I think... Maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like the inside of Out by Jennifer Marie Thorne had a had a prom thing going on, didn't it? Didn't like the one character? Isn't she like trying to plan like a a, a separate prom and dance for her friend? I haven't read it, so I don't know. Oh dear, I know. Well, that book is good anyway, <laughs> so I'll just I'll just, I'll just keep going. But I, th- I think <laughs> um, I'll I'll run this out with um, when I was putting together my show notes today. I was like man, I need more books that are not like white, straight, happy-go-lucky prom books. And so I asked on Twitter and I got some great suggestions. Um, I've only read one of these, so I won't talk about it in depth. But here's here's some rapid-fire, like not traditional prom books. Uh, Leah on the Offbeat by Becky Albertalli. It's got a great queer um, storyline revolving around prom. Uh, Bliss by Lauren Miracle. I haven't read this one, but Daniel Krauss emailed to say that uh, he'd consider it like, he'd consider the end of that story, which has got a prom scene, similar to Carrie's scene where she's drenched in blood. So uh, I'm super into that idea. Oh boy. Uh, Tessa Masterson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tessa Masterson will go to prom by Emily Franklin, which is part coming out story. And then also uh, part inspired by news stories about gay teens who uh, have been denied access to prom. And then uh, one more queer prom story is Secret Heart by Danielle Drager. So there's a bunch 
more worth checking out. I think we gave more recommendations for prom books when we were like, we can't find any, than like any, <laughs> like any topic that we have, like so many to choose from. We're like, Oh, how do we find three? <laughs> it's so funny. Like I read Leah on the offbeat when I had like, Oh God, I had like food poisoning and I was, I was visiting my, my wife's family and I was just like stuck in the couch. I remember reading that and another book and that's how I spent the day. But I do not remember anything from the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember that I loved it and it was funny and it made me feel better. But I do not remember the prom or anything. Like when somebody mentioned it, I remembered that. Um, the big thing I remember about that book is how much I loved her mom. Her mom was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's dig into our next sponsor. So our next sponsor of the show is BookCon. Do you love YA books? Then you have to check out BookCon this summer, June 1st and 2nd in New York City. BookCon is a celebration of storytelling happening packed with your favorite YA authors uh, and new ones to discover. Hear John Green talk about his new Hulu series, Looking for Alaska, or get your book signed by Lee Bardugo, Tomi Adimi, Cassandra Clare, and more. Meet up with other book lovers, snag copies of books before they're released, and explore this event packed with bookish goodies and Instagrammable moments. A celebration of storytelling where books and pop culture collide, BookCon is taking place June 1st and 2nd in New York. It's a perfect place to meet so many of your favorite authors, get your book signed, and be the first to get an unreleased book or find out about what's up and coming. It's an immersive experience that features interactive, forward-thinking content, including Q&As with the hottest celebrities, autographing sessions with authors, special screenings from book to TV or book to film adaptation, and so much more. And that is The Book On in New York City. Eric, let's talk about verse books because it's Poetry Month. It is Poetry Month. So let's. And there are so many good ones. There are, and let's like at least what I focused on were some that are coming out this year or uh, released this year or released last year that kind of got looked over. Um, I figured like we talk about verse novels all the time. We pop them into a regular discussion. I was like, let me pull some stuff that um, we haven't maybe talked about a whole lot. Uh, so the first one I'm going to hit is called White Rose by Kip Wilson. And I just put this on hold at the library and I can't wait for it to show up. Uh, it's a fictionalized take on the very real White Rose movement from World War II Germany, which is um, when a group of students who are raised as Hitler youth decide that um, they're going to spread the truth about what's going on in their country and, and with the Hitler regime, even though they know that it could end in their death if they're caught. Um, I'm not a big World War II history person at all, but this particular part of the history of the White Rose uh, resistance movement is one I'm totally fascinated with, and I can't wait to read this novel and verse about them. And that is uh, White Rose by Kip Wilson. It is available now. Yeah, and you know, I've seen that cover, and I did not realize it was an inverse book. And now I'm, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. It was. I'm gonna have to go pick. It was up. published by uh, Kwame Alexander. Just created like an imprint from the publisher that he works at. And it's all verse books, and this is uh, one of the the first titles. Nice. Wow. Okay. I'm gonna have to go get that. Um, so one of my recs is uh, "Family" by Michael Osto. Uh, so she's a bit of a YA, hey, YA favorite. I feel mm -hmm. like we, we've brought her books up uh, quite a bit. Um, and it's an inverse episodic YA with illustrations uh, loosely based on the Manson family. <laughs> uh, so there's murder, cults. It's pretty messed up and, and kind of, uh, I mean, you said catnip earlier for that other book. It's kind of catnip <laughs> for me, <laughs> this, sort of, this sort of novel. Um, 
yeah, highly recommend checking out. And that is uh, that is family. So what we're saying is that the perfect catnip book for the hosts of Hey YA would be Groundhog's Day meets Colts and Murders. Yes, there it is. There it is. That's the book. We're going to have to write it. <laughs> <laughs> My, uh, oh, I, I guess this is less of a pick and more of a like, let me talk about this interesting thing. Uh, did you know that there are two Joan of Arc novels this year that are told in verse for YA readers? That's so wild. It is. I have one of it's them. It's wild because there's not even like a big anniversary or anything. Um like typically you see, I don't want to say typically, but often you see like if there's a big birth anniversary, death anniversary, some kind of anniversary, like you'll see a few books on a topic. Um, yeah. but this one doesn't. I can't figure it out. Um, the two titles are Stephanie Hemphill's The Language of Fire, Joan of Arc Reimagined. And if you haven't read any of Stephanie Hemphill's books, she writes all um, historical, non uh, historical fiction she has done a historical nonfiction, but uh the bulk of them are historical fiction in verse like she's known for her verse uh so i'm really looking forward to that one and then the other one is called voices the final hours of joan of arc by david elliott which not completely in verse but does have a chunk of it in verse um i just think it's a really interesting coincidence that those two are out this year and both of them are in verse too like something was in the creative water at the same time there <laughs> Yeah, that is super interesting. Yeah, I got sent a copy of, um, which one do I have? Well, I have one of them. <laughs> sitting, here in a, sitting here in my little arc pile. Um, what I just thought of right now while you were talking, because I glimpsed over at my bookshelf, is that, uh, and I did an event with him, is uh, I Felt a Funeral in My Brain by Will Walton, um, which is like half in verse, half in prose. It sort of jumps around um, a little bit. Uh, and it's about this... Uh, boy named Avery, uh, who, you know, geez, now I'm having a hard time remembering the exact plot of the <laughs> book here. Uh, we did an event together. Um, like, I do know that uh, he loses someone close in his family, um, and there's a pretty heavy uh, subplot in it about uh, battling addiction. I mean, the cover has a, a mm -hmm. shot of whiskey on the cover. Um, so it's about a teen navigating addiction, navigating grief, uh, talking to a therapist, and a lot of it has to do with writing poetry. He spends a lot of time uh, writing poetry uh, while sort of coping with what's been going on. And there's this really interesting, like, ironic thing happening to the character where the, the teacher is making him, not making him, but a lot of the authors he assigns him to read are uh, poets and authors who have sort of dealt with depression and, and suicide and things like that. Um, it's a really interesting book. Uh, really unique, really short, um, and yeah, really beautiful. And that's uh, I Felt a Funeral in My Brain by Will Walton. My next one is one that came out at the end of last year and was optioned for film. I can't remember. It's a big, big uh, star who optioned it, but it's 500 Words or Less by Julia Del Rosario. Um, it's about a girl named Nick Chen whose mother has disappeared. And after Nick uh, cheats on her boyfriend with a friend, she's been called... A slut like that's her label at school uh from whisker whispers in the hallway there's a lipstick scrawl of horror on her locker and uh, nick finds herself feeling isolated from her peers as well as from herself so what she decides she's going to do is she's going to write college admissions essays for her classmates even though she doesn't really need the money uh she just wants to win their favor and as she starts doing this, she begins to uncover some pretty interesting things about the people uh, she goes to school with, 
depths that she's never quite considered about them. And then uh, when somebody important in Nick's life dies, she begins to see the truth of her own story uh, and things that she's not allowed herself to explore. And it kind of comes full circle with uh, the college admission essay uh, situation that she's cooked up. Um, surprisingly timely right now for all the admission scandal stuff. Um, and I hope, I hope more people read this one because it's really enjoyable. Uh, 500 words or less by Julia del Rosario. A couple other titles in Paris with you by Clementine Beauvoy, which is in translation by Sam Taylor. And uh, one more I want to put on everybody's radar is Mary's Monster, Love, Madness, and How Mary Shelley Created Frankenstein by Lita Judge, which is in verse, it's nonfiction, and it's illustrated. It's a really cool, cool format. Um, we're going we're gonna to wrap up the show with that. And uh, big thanks to, to everybody who sponsored the show this week. And thank you for tuning in. If you have any feedback about the show, go ahead and leave it on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how we're doing and help others find us. Uh, you can follow me, Kelly Jensen, on Twitter and Instagram as Veronica Kelly Mars. And you can follow Eric Smith on Twitter and Instagram as Eric Smith Rocks. And we'll talk to you again in two weeks.